0: This week's episode of Mistaken for Missing covers domestic violence. This is a topic that some listeners may find disturbing or triggering. Listener discretion is advised. In 1886, Robert Louis Stevenson first published his gothic novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. For those of you who have never read the book, it's based on human nature and the duality of good and evil that dwells inside of each of us. At some point, most of us have used or heard the phrase Jekyll and Hyde, or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Most often, we're referring to someone that has two sides to their character. There's the outward appearance that often appears kind, relatable, caring, friendly, compassionate, charismatic. And then there's Mr. Hyde, Mr. Hyde is hidden far away from public view. It is ruthless, vengeful, delusional, dark, violent, selfish, and psychotic. This trait often appears in people that suffer from psychosis or mental illnesses such as bipolar, manic depressive, borderline paranoid schizophrenia, and many others. Unfortunately, the man in Allison's life with whom she shared a home and a relationship Seem to be plagued by the Jekyll and Hyde characteristic. Did she walk away to escape this? Or did Billy turn into Mr. Hyde? I'm your host, Allison Whitten. This is Mistaken for Missing, Episode 3, Dr. Daly and Billy Hyde. Before we go any further with tonight's episode, I want to say a few things to start off. First of all, no one, To the best of my knowledge and understanding, has officially been named a suspect in the disappearance of Kelly Allison Whitten. Not Groover, not Billy, no one, period. Of course, I would like to ask Bay County this, but again, no response. Second, October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And sadly, this is one of those things that Allison and myself had in common. I'm fortunate enough to be a survivor. But for her, we may never know if this is the very thing that ended her life. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, there is help. There is hope. Visit ncadv.org for more information and resources or call the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799- 7233. William Newman Daly, who goes by Billy, was Allison's boyfriend. The two met on the beach while gathering seashells, which they would later sell to tourists. At the time, the pair were both unemployed. Neither one of them were at a good place in life. Billy was battling with his mental health issues, and Allison was struggling with her addiction demons. They went from homeless and strangers to a duplex as roommates, toying with the idea of romance and working through some serious issues. After a few years of dating, if you will, the couple purchased a home together in Laguna Beach. Now, for me, this raised some questions. It seems like a total contradiction from everything that we know about Allison so far. Jennifer Jenkins, a longtime friend of Allison, spoke with me to give me the rundown on their relationship and what she knew at the time. I should warn you here that the audio quality is not the best. It was raining that day, and the only place that we could interview was in a restaurant. So pardon the background noise, but listen to what she has to say.
1: Well, first off, Allison had different sexual preferences. Right. gay. Yes. And so when I found out that she had, was with Billy, I was surprised. Right. And I said, why are you with him? Because you're gay. Me. And that's Okay. So I was surprised about that, but she said they had become good friends, that they had met during hard times, and they had worked through some stuff, and that made them close. And as far as Billy is, I like Billy. I liked him as a person. He's um, entertaining. Uh, he's intelligent. He's very charismatic, as Billy is. And, and Billy and I became friends throughout this. But Billy also had a side to him that he would... Lose touch with reality right and he did have some mental issues severe mental issues
0: and it's scary
1: but i did see and hear things that weren't something that, that were concerning right and things that weren't normal right things that wouldn't be happening in a normal healthy happy relationship exactly and there had been an altercation that took place they had been golfing and he physically attacked her and beat her up pretty bad, drove her through the grass, and um, she, I got so scared, she actually urinated on herself, and she was really upset about it, and I gave her, you know, just helped her out, and, and we talked about it, and to try to find another way, something she could do to get away from that for that moment.
0: So, from the outside looking in, things were looking up. Allison kept certain situations hidden early on, but just beneath the surface, the cracks were beginning to show. Those close to her began to hear things that weren't quite right. Over time, Allison began to realize that she loved Billy as a friend, but not in any other way. It's hard when someone refuses your love. I'd imagine that this crushed Billy, but because his love for her was so deep, he probably thought maybe she would change her mind. When you form a bond like that, going through a traumatic thing or a hard time can really, really deepen your emotions. And, you know, sometimes you just get delusional about what the situation really is. When he would leave town, Allison was free to be herself. Working offshore, this is almost a given that you'll be gone more than you'll be home. People would send Billy texts and pictures of Allison living it up. And Groover, who you may remember from last week's episode, was one of those that picked at Billy almost rubbing it in, if you will, that while the cat's away, the mice will play. This constant pattern of behavior would only summon Billy Hyde from his carefully hidden cave. I spoke with multiple people beyond Jennifer and Peggy regarding Billy and his rumored mental health issues. It is my choice not to use their names or voices in this episode. I absolutely do not want to bring any problems to their life. Many wanted to remain anonymous, and some just wouldn't talk at all. That alone should tell you exactly what kind of situation we're dealing with, even all these years later. At the end of April 2015, things had gotten really out of hand. Enough so that Allison was making a plan to get the hell out of Dodge. She contacted Jennifer. It had gotten physical with Billy, and he had beat Allison up pretty bad once again. Jennifer sent the money for Allison to come to her house immediately. Along the way, Allison was detained in Washington County, Florida. On May 1st, 2015, she was arrested for discharging a firearm in public and possession of a firearm under the influence of alcohol. She felt the need to get out and shoot her gun in a heavily wooded area along her route. It was, however, just a little too close to Walmart and close enough inside the city limits that it was illegal. She was booked into jail. When it was time for her one phone call, sadly, she called Billy to come get her out. No one could have ever foreseen that just a year later, Allison would be gone. There are many stories of similar situations. Up until her last weeks, the relationship was tumultuous. People she was close to knew of her unhappiness and her struggles to maintain peace with Billy. Several that I've spoken with recount Allison in tears saying, and I quote, If something happens to me, Billy did it. This recurring statement came from even folks that may not have been so fond of Allison. We already know that in the days leading up to her disappearance, she was visibly shaken and afraid of something that he had said to her, as told in sworn statements to law enforcement by Groover and his drug dealer. Allison had in fact been again making a final exit plan. She had reached out to multiple parties on her support team and told them that once tax season was over, she was getting her bonus check and she was out of there. Let's revisit the issue of Billy's narrative to the police. He says the last time he saw Allison was on April the 8th. You may remember they got into a fight at that Cajun place. Allison lost her shit and left, and that was it. He said he never saw her again while she was moving things out of their house. This is the information also listed on Allison's NamUs page, which is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. I am extremely bothered by this. When asked by the police what day he thought was the last time she was at the house, he said he believes it was the 18th. We know that Groover and his supplier both swore the last time they saw Allison was the 18th and the morning of the 19th of April. Okay, so maybe they wouldn't really be considered reliable witnesses in a court of law. Peggy Lynn Miller, who has never had a drug problem, or a criminal past, also says that was around the last time they spoke. And I verified with Allison's former employer at Liberty Tax that she was 100% there during tax season and she finished it. She was there the last day, which was Monday the 18th. On the morning of the 19th of April, when Allison left Davis Groover's house, because remember, she wasn't staying at home anymore, she told more than just Groover that she was going to Billy's. She also supposedly left behind a box of paraphernalia. She said to Groover that where she was going, she wouldn't need them anymore. A source who wants to remain anonymous said she told them that she was worried about going over to Billy's and she needed someone strong to go with her. There are no definite answers, not even one, until May 31st, when Peggy reports Allison missing. Allison left with Winston, her dog her laptop, her guitar, and the gold Ford Ranger. Remember, Groover and Billy live just around the corner. I'm going to play the clip again from last week about the truck. The story about the truck is also very unclear.
2: So I called Billy, and I said, Billy, uh, where's Allison? And I'm like, so what's up with the truck? Like, what's going on? And he said, you know, Peggy, it was weird when I picked it up. It had been cleaned out. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, there was nothing inside the truck. Really? Nothing? He said, nothing. He said, and I'm like, so what do you think? And he's like, well, I just assumed that she left me for that girlfriend down the road. And I said, oh, okay. And that would make sense. You know, she had somebody else. Okay. And the truck's in his name. She's not a thief. The truck is in his name? Yes. Hmm. No, he let her drive it. He gave it to her, but the title never got signed over. was not legally Allison's. It was Billy's. It was his truck. It title's in his name. And so he I, never signed that title. That's over. what I was wondering.
0: When police asked Billy about what she drove, he pointed outside and said, there it is. He told police that it was towed from the Beach House bar on Front Beach Road, and he had to go pick it up from some tow company over in the industrial park. No date of the actual tow was given, as far as I can tell. Everyone I have spoken to said this is a huge red flag. Allison absolutely hated and detested the Beach House bar. She, if she was going to any place, would damn sure never be found in there. Billy told officers that he assumed she had been arrested, and he called jails and even hospitals with no information available to him. That was all he elaborated on about how and where the truck was found. This was the statement given on May 31st, the evening that Allison was reported missing. He also said that the truck was cleaned out. This is not a standard feature on towing. I also know for a fact that the truck was never forensically examined. Did you hear me? I said it was never examined. It is everything that happened after this interview that made Billy go off the deep end. What occurred between he and Allison in that house is a mystery. Or at least it was. This is the catch-22 of the entire case. Up until a few days ago, I had only read and heard about this tape. When I finally got a copy sent to me via email... I sat motionless and stared at my inbox for what seemed to be hours. On this tape is a confession of what happened to Allison. It also talks about what happened to her remains. I was sick to my stomach. It made every hair on my body stand up. My mind replayed it as if it was on a loop over and over the things that happened to her the questions wouldn't stop coming. I can say that they were definitely not the words of a concerned individual. Were they the truth or the ramblings of a man with serious mental issues? Had he finally gone from Dr. Daly to Billy Hyde? This tape was enough to convict and damn Billy in the eyes of everyone who had the unfortunate experience of hearing it. I'm told people busted windows out of his home, the word murderer was spray-painted on the side of the house, and just when we thought that those who loved Allison would finally have justice and get the answers they so very much deserved. The case was dealt a blow so hard, it would set off a chain reaction of events that I still cannot even process. You see, Florida is a two-party state, and if you don't know what that means, well, let me break it down for you. Unless you know that someone is recording you, nothing that you say can be used against you. In other words, I could tell you I killed someone. And if I didn't know you were recording me or consent to it, there's not a damn thing you can do. On my first trip to Panama City Beach, I went with Peggy and Terrence to Allison and Billy's house. Since the two had been close with Allison and stayed in touch with Billy, I figured... They would be most helpful when it came to approaching this delicate subject. It looks different now than the pictures I had seen. I wanted to see if Billy would speak with me. Peggy and Terrence went to the door, knocked, and were greeted by Billy's roommate. He was offshore. But she assured them that she would pass the message along. When they came back to the car, I was kind of relieved. But I wanted Billy to know about the podcast. I didn't want him to hear it from anybody but me. I didn't want him to be blindsided by the fact that someone was doing a story about her disappearance, and he's very much a part of the story, guilty or not. I know what it's like to be labeled for something you didn't do criminally. Changes your life. My intention throughout this process has been to find out what happened to Allison and bring her story back out into the light. And to be objective about it. That's why I tried to contact Groover, and it's the very same reason I wanted to talk with Billy. To give him a chance that he never had. A chance to once and for all set the record straight. To tell people his side of things. There aren't too many opportunities that literally come knocking on your door to vindicate yourself. Anyone who has ever been wrongfully found guilty, whether in the court of public opinion or in the court of criminal justice, would jump. At the chance to say, let me tell you why I'm innocent and why I didn't do this. Two weeks ago, Peggy Lynn Miller, Leslie Perry Witt, and myself made a detour to Allison's old home. Without giving it any prior thought, I pulled the car off onto Allison's street. It was dark outside, and it had been raining. I slowly pulled up to Allison's driveway. No one said a word. This time when Peggy got out and went to the door, someone else answered. With my window rolled down and my hands gripping the steering wheel, I held my breath, closed my eyes, I waited, and I listened. I heard Peggy's voice, and then a man's voice said hello. There... Standing just 10 feet from my car was Billy. Thank you all so much for listening and following Allison's story. You do not want to miss next week's episode, so make sure to tell a friend and follow or subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Mistaken for Missing is a weekly podcast available every Wednesday evening. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit mistakenformissing.com for the latest episodes and information regarding the case. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kelly Allison Whitten, please contact the Bay County Sheriff's Office at 850-747-4700. Until next week, stay safe. I'm Allison Whitten, and this is Mistaken for Missing.